Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. I am joined from the University of Minnesota by Mary Meyer. Mary, good morning to you. Good morning, Denny. It feels like a little bit like fall out it there. It really does. Morning. We were mentioning that earlier this morning. It is uh, kind of a fresh feeling and a little little breezy too. But uh, well, we know it's we know it's around the corner. But I I don't know about uh, your neighborhood, but boy, we we sure could have used a lot more rain than we got. Yes, I only had a tenth of an inch in my rain gauge this morning. So we were all hoping for more rain. Yeah, for sure. well, we're going to have another chance tomorrow night. Let's see what uh, what kind of amounts we're we're talking about by then. If you happen to have any kind of a lawn or garden question, uh, we still <laughs> we we're going to be taking them by text only today. And Mary, I can say, uh, we hope next Saturday we'll uh, open up the phone lines, brand new phone lines too. Um, but in the meantime, it's text only, and we're already getting those. So any kind of a lawn or garden question, and if you're a regular listener to the show, you know how busy we get. So don't wait. Send Mary your text at 651-989-9226. And, of course, a little bit later on, we'll uh, we'll explore the uh, Arboretum, as we like to do as well. Uh, I was noticing, Mary, that uh, at least in, in our uh, yard, our backyard, uh, my tomato plants and the uh, our uh, – Cucumber plants, they look like they've, well, it looks like they've seen better days. It looks like it's almost September, if you know what I mean. Yes, some of our plants, uh, tomatoes especially, will start to go through senescence or that's really normal aging this time of year, especially if they have already set a lot of fruit. Many times fruit set in and of itself will cause a plant to quit flowering and, you know, just produce the fruits that are already on the plant. And so, yes, and I think the drought conditions, even though um, as gardeners we're trying our best to keep things watered, it's harder when there isn't enough water. Uh, but this is actually kind of a good year for tomatoes. If you've been able to water them, there's been less disease pressure on tomatoes, and they're notorious for getting a lot of 
uh, foliage blights, septoria early and late uh, blight. And that is, those are not that bad this year. So many people have told me they've had a nice uh, harvest of tomatoes, but not all of our crops have fared so well because we certainly could use more water. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've had good luck uh, uh, with the tomatoes as well. So there, there's a good reason for that. Uh, here's a text, Mary, that says, uh, this year I had much better luck, <laughs> speaking of it, growing cherry tomatoes and green peppers in pots set right in the garden rather than uh, soil. For next year, do I need to completely change out the potting soil, or can I simply add new fertilizer to the containers? You can reuse potting soil that's in a container. I've, I've done that for years. As long as the plants are healthy and uh, there's not a lot of disease um, foliage that fell into the pot, I clean up my pots, especially the tomatoes, when uh, fall comes and the plants are no longer bearing or it's become uh, the frost has hit. And then um, leave the pots uh, without plants in them. So any diseased uh, plants or any previous year's plants, clean those up. But yes, you can reuse uh, containers, uh, the soil that's in a container. Yeah, I'm thinking ahead of that uh, as well because all my plants were in containers uh, this year. Uh, what's the best way to clean those out, not only in the fall, but certainly next spring when we, we start planting again? What, what kind of uh, material do we use to, to make sure it's uh, clean? Well, uh, what I do is get my wheelbarrow out or a large, a large something that's large, a tarp or something, and I actually dump the soil out of the pots in the spring. And then I aerate this, that soil. I mix it up and see, look and see what it feels like. Um, usually it's pretty much okay to reuse it again. You just have to aerate it. It gets quite compacted. And so um, taking it out of the pot, I, I don't usually re-clean my pots. It really depends a lot on the disease pressure and what if you've had a problem with diseases, then it is a good idea to clean your pots out. I'd start with new soil if I had had a lot of disease problems. But if you have minimal disease problems, I mostly aerate the soil. Sometimes I, I need to increase it and I add additional potting soil or I add soil from my garden. I use some garden soil, potting soil, sometimes some sand, uh, a perlite or vermiculite um, to aerate the soil to give it more um, air spaces and make it lighter. Well, I, I can see what I'll be doing next year now. Okay, good. Uh, this texter, Mary, says, I water my dahlias frequently, fertilize every two weeks, plenty of sun, but they're only one foot tall. What, what do you think? I think it's the kind of dahlia that you got. Um, there are a lot of new dahlias on the market. And um, I, I actually have some in my window boxes, and they're only about 8 or 10 inches tall. I was at the University of or Colorado State University and looked at their dahlia trials. And all the dahlias were under two feet that were in those trials. And these are new dahlias that are being grown from cuttings. So this is like a whole new ball game for people who are used to the dahlias that were the, the tubers grown from cuttings. 
So this is like a whole new ball game for people who are used to the dahlias that were the, the tuberous roots that we kept from year to year. So you, you really have to be careful in what kind of a dahlia you're buying because a lot of them are bred to just be small, more uh, bedding plants, and they, they don't get tall. Here's a question a lot of us uh, may have. How long can grass stay dormant? Grass stay dormant. Oh, this is, do yeah, first I thought we were talking about grass seed, but no, grass in and of itself. Well, we think a month is about it. Uh -oh. So, and that's pushing it. So it, it depends on a lot of factors. Um, so we know that the crowns of Kentucky bluegrass uh, will be dormant for a few weeks, three, four weeks, but after that, they can actually die. So we saw that in the drought of uh, 1988, I think it was a, the last time we had it so dry for so long. So if you have a lawn that's been uh, brown for a month, uh, you might want to consider watering it. The The other thing you have to keep in mind is what are your city uh, restrictions for watering? Because most all cities have a restriction on of odd even or certain times of the day and so on. And um, watering uh, in the morning, early in the morning, is usually okay on certain days in most um, cities. But you need to check that out. Yeah, check check the restrictions. All right, Mary, we need to uh, take a break, but we have more show to come. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, by the way, Smart Garden is around every Saturday here on CCO on the 8 o'clock hour. Here's the text number, 651-989-9226, to ask Mary your question. 651-989-WCCO. We will take this break. Be right back. In the Twin Cities, 66 degrees. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
And a good Saturday morning to you. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn and garden questions here in our Smart Garden Show. And as usual, Mary, we have many questions. And uh, via text today, again, it's 651-989-9226. Mary, here's one. Uh, it says they uh, have uh, beautiful hydrangeas this year growing very well. Two weeks ago, Texter noticed an insect they've never encountered before going for the plants. They believe they are thrips. Are they harmful is the first question. They've implied uh, insecticidal soap that seems to be working. But question is to any other suggestions to control these pests? I think insecticidal soap is a good option. The only other option would be to use water spray itself to try to uh, dislodge the thrips. Uh, We do see insects, because of the dry weather, um, attacking different plants or feeding on different plants. We see a lot of wildlife feeding on our plants, looking for sources of water. So uh, thrips are not that, uh, they're a very common insect. And I would say that um, what you're doing is great. And unless you see more signs of more thrips, and more activity, I think you should be fine with what you're doing. All right, good. Another tomato question. Is it safe to eat those misshapen tomatoes I am getting? Some even have holes in the bottom of them. Yes, they are usually fine to eat. Uh, Holes in the bottom uh, usually indicate um, an insect, a bird or something, a squirrel might be trying to eat it again, looking for a source of water. If you cut that portion of it off, uh, that's usually okay. The other uh, hole in the bottom can be blossom end rot. We're seeing a lot of that this uh, summer because of the drought conditions. And that's a water imbalance that happens with tomatoes. And there again, you can uh, cut that portion of the tomato off. Text number again, 651-989-9226. Your lawn and garden question from Mary Meyer. Uh, This texter says this, Mary, they have a uh, paper wasp infestation in their milkweed. This has never happened to them before. They want to know how can I protect the monarch uh, monarch larvae and get rid of the wasp. There is no obvious nest in the area. They seem to live on the milkweed. I'm not sure that I would try to get rid of those paper wasps. Uh, First of all, I'd really make sure that you identify the insect and know uh, what it is. And we have good resources online for that. But It's really hard to kill one insect and not another, especially when you're talking about treating it on an individual plant. So the wasps that you see could be uh, good pollinator insects as well. And um, they're not many insects. Well, there there are some insects that feed exclusively on milkweed, but it's, it's thought to be a toxic plant for many insects. So I think the paper wasps are there mostly for the pollen. And um, I would just kind of uh, tolerate them if you can, because I think in the long run, uh, it's, it's better to tolerate them than try to kill off some insects because you might uh, kill off the beneficials as well. Yeah, that's a trade-off. Uh, good morning. This one says, is it safe to prune dwarf burning bushes now or wait? Love the program. Well, normally I would say that's it's probably okay, but 
you know, the drought is so severe uh, on many of our plants right now that really you, you shouldn't really be stressing them out further by pruning. <clears throat> pruning can remove some of the uh, foliage and right now, plants really need all the resources that they have to uh, to continue to live. So if it was my plant, uh, unless it's a, a dead, diseased branch, um, I would uh, put off the pruning until later this fall. Okay. Here's a lawn question, Mary. Pigweed, how do I get rid of it in my lawn? Yeah, why is it these weeds seem to be able to tolerate (laughs) the drought more than our plants that we love? Uh, Pigweed is, yes, a common, um, it's actually an annual weed. And um, there are a couple different plants that are referred to as pigweed. And um, the broadleaf weed killers will take care of that. Again, this is a stressful time to be using herbicides when most of our lawns are somewhat drought stressed. There's also um, a threshold for chemical activity in hot weather. Uh, Many times above 80, 85 degrees, herbicides have a a more damaging effect and sometimes they don't work at all. So in cooler weather, you can use a broadleaf weed killer to control uh, pigweed. You could also use a pre-emergence herbicide early in the spring will kill the seeds and the seedlings. And that's another uh, preventative way. Okay. Before we take a break for weather, Mary, this one is kind of related. Can I use Roundup on large beds of ferns? Gosh, I assume you want to kill those ferns. So many people are trying to plant ferns. But uh, yes, Roundup will uh, kill ferns. Uh, Maybe this person has the uh, Matusia, the big ostrich fern, which has rhizomes and takes over an area. I personally love that fern. I've got it in difficult sites in my um, in on my garden, uh, but Roundup, yes, uh, will kill that. The only thing I will say is that it's got to be green tissue, uh, and some ferns right now are already starting to decline uh, with the drought or the fall coming on. And if it's brown or yellow tissue. Uh, the fern is not going to take up that chemical uh, nearly as well. So it has to be green, actively growing for it to uh, work. All right. Let's do this, Mary. We've got another half hour of the show to go here on CCO. We're going to have a look at that forecast. Text number is for your lawn and garden question, 651-989-9226. Mary Meyer answering your questions. Mary from the U of M. And we'll be back with the forecast in a moment here on News Talk 830 WCCO. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to the help uh, we get, you get, from Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota helping you out today via text 651-989-9226. And Mary, as usual, we have no shortage of text questions for you. But uh, especially when when, uh, you and your colleagues are on, we always like to bring up the topic of the Arboretum. It is such a great resource, and for those that never have been there, what a treat they're in store for. Yes, that is so true. And right now, there's a lot going on at the Arboretum. Um, We we are awaiting the opening of the Apple House, which is going to happen this coming Thursday, August 26th. The Apple House will be open with the first um, apples, the first harvest of the season. That's always an exciting time. This weekend, um, August 20th through 22nd, uh, is Art in the Gardens. And this is a wonderful number of many vendors that are showing and selling their art. So fabulous uh, time to see that. And of course, the gardens are beautiful. The annuals, the prairies blooming, the hydrangea collection. If you love hydrangeas, this is the time to go see the big display at the Arboretum. So wonderful to walk around. And um, we do still have uh, admission. Uh, You need to go online to get admission and get your tickets, uh, time tickets, but plenty of openings, uh, really. Any, uh, Any half hour you want to go today or in the next two weeks should be easy to get uh, your admission ticket. Oh, you're gonna love it. And if, uh, as far as the folks who have never been there, the, the the quick directions, quick intersection, Mary. Yes, it's uh, just west of the intersection of five and forty-one. Now there is some construction on forty-one south, but if you're coming uh, from the uh, Minneapolis area, just head west on Route Five. That is totally open, and you'll see the uh, entrance sign for the Arboretum just west of intersection of 5 and 41. Yeah, very easy to find. was just there the other day. Here is a uh, question about the dead deadhead. When's the best time to deadhead peonies and the best time to cut them back in the fall? I deadhead my peonies uh, right after they're done blooming. And I cut them back in the fall once the foliage starts to die back or if you have a lot of botrytis blight. Now, my peonies so far this year are nice and green, no sign of disease. 
But if you have any signs of disease, you uh, remove that foliage and take it out from the peonies. I think the drier conditions have reduced uh, Botrytis blight, but cleaning up the peonies in the fall is a good idea to remove their foliage. Okay. But, but once it start, starts to turn yellow, I wait till that time. Okay, very good. Uh, this uh, listener says, when I was picking raspberries in my backwoods a month ago, I, have, I saw a, a, a thorn plant I've never seen before with five leaves. I have identified it, Texter says, as Himalayan raspberry. Uh, is it good or bad for Minnesota? What should I do with it? I would have to look that up and see Himalayan raspberry. There are a number of other raspberries that um, actually some that are native further north and up into Canada, but I would have to look up exactly what that is. And um, you can take a picture of plants. Uh, there's There are apps now that will help you identify plants, but it's really critical that you make sure exactly what the plant is, especially if you're thinking about eating it. Okay. So that is, yeah, you have to have a definitive uh, knowledge of what that is. All right, Mary, here's another one. It says, was, when is the, uh, uh, what rather, is the best way to care for fall potted mums? Well, fall potted mums are a great plant to buy. They give us a lot of color and beautiful uh, bloom. And many uh, garden centers will start selling them now and have them for fall displays. I think the most important thing is if you is to keep them well watered, whether they're in a container or you take them out of the container and actually plant them in the ground. You have to uh, think about watering them. You can keep them blooming if you deadhead them and take off the flowers um, after they bloom. And there are many mums that are hardy in Minnesota, and these are a little bit harder to find, but uh, most of them are really just grown as annuals. But I would say give them a good light conditions and keep them well watered. All right. How long, this texture says, do gold flame spirea live? Ours is in clay soil since 1987. Some are getting pretty woody looking uh, with fewer leaves. What do you think? How long do they live? Well, lo- a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gold gold flame. I'd have to look up gold flame and see that particular cultivar. But uh, shrubby spireas can live a long time. And sometimes uh, people don't like the look of them. They they do tend to, right, as this uh, um, texture says, they get woody looking. You can cut spirea back down to the ground, and they will almost always grow up again from the base and have new growth. And uh, when I had spireas, I was kind of pruning them every year, taking out the older, deader wood to try to rejuvenate them. But they do respond well to pruning. And um, and I would try that. Uh, if The thing is, I would do it after it flowers in the spring. This time of year, cutting it back is, is not a good time to do it for a spirea. I would do it after it blooms in the spring. Okay, very good. When does one transplant golden raspberry plants? Can they be planted near red raspberries and blackberries? Yes, I would do that in the spring also. Um, in the fall, um, it you might be able to get away with it doing it now in the fall. You'd really have to keep on watering it. And you, have, you want 
uh, four to six weeks of time when the roots can reestablish before winter. So that would be, yeah, now in early September, you could do the transplanting. It's okay if they're near other raspberries. Um, you will still get your true golden uh, raspberries. The only thing you have to be careful about is that um, the, if the, to have good air circulation around them, um, room and space for them all to grow. And then if there is an insect or disease problem, uh, it can transfer easily, more easily if they're closer together. So keeping them in different spots on your uh, property might be a good idea as long as they're all in full sun. This might be a point too, Mary, when we mention the university's website. Uh, there's some, so many great pieces of information there. I was looking at this text that says uh, they're looking for a Minnesota hardy perennial grass to use as a garage foundation planting with north and west exposure. I've used uh, that website looking for shrubs or trees for that matter, uh, or besides going to the Arboretum. But the the university website, extension.umn.edu, is a tremendous resource. A lot of good work put into that. Yes, and there's always always new things that are posted on the website. I was just reading a new publication about bee lawns and how to put in a bee lawn, pictures of the plants for a bee lawn. So there's lots of good information up there. We have our Yard and Garden newsletter, which comes out regularly with new information in. But what's wrong with my plant? What insect is this? What weed is this? We have tons of pictures up there to help you. And the, the information is really for the upper Midwest, uh, and especially for Minnesota. Absolutely. You can ask a master gardener as well, right? Right. That's right. You can, can uh, email a master gardener with pictures or with a question about gardening. Yeah. Check it out. Extension.umn.edu. Uh, this text says this, Mary, my cucumbers have lots of blossoms on them, but are not producing any cucumbers. What causes this? This is the second year this has happened. Well, I would encourage you to plant several uh, vines or plants of those cucumbers. Cucumbers have um, male and female flowers. So you're getting a lot of flowers, and those are the male ones with the pollen. But the ones that have the little cucumbers behind the actual flower, those are the female flowers. And we normally get a balance of both of those. But weather conditions can really affect the flowers, whether they're male or female ones that come out. And the only way you can assure to have a lot is to have several vines. Excuse me. So if you have, you know, three or four vines, if you have more rooms, have two or three different hills, a lot of vines equals more cucumbers. Very good. This uh, listener says this, Mary, when putting cut flowers in a vase, I've heard an aspirin in water makes them last longer. Is that true? Well, an an aspirin uh, changes the acidity of the vase. And you can try that as a home remedy. The best thing to do is use the preservatives that are in packets where you buy flowers uh, in a grocery store, in a florist, garden center, and so on. Those preservatives really work. These are, they are scientifically proven. There's been a lot of research on that. They're a combination of ingredients that preserve the life of cut flowers. So the best thing is use those packets. They're almost always free, 
uh, and they come with uh, any purchase of flowers in uh, the grocery stores. Yeah, very good. All right, I tell you what, I'm being signaled, Mary. Time to take a quick break. We have more Smart Garden Show to come here on CCO. By the way, around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, this morning welcoming your text questions at 651-989-9226. Back with more here on CCO. Stay with us. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO from the University of Minnesota. Mary Meyer is answering your lawn and garden questions today. Here's one for you, Mary. When is the best time to transplant rhubarb? They really appreciate the program. Rhubarb is a great plant for us in uh, the northern uh, northern part of the country and in Minnesota. It does like cool weather conditions. My rhubarb looks terrible right now. It is laying down on the ground and the heat, it doesn't like heat. So it's been a tough uh, year for it. Um, I would say you could transplant rhubarb anytime. It is that tough. Um, and you might not get many stalks as much to harvest for the first year afterwards. Um, you could go ahead and do that right now. It's, it's a big root. And so you'll probably uh, think you got it all and then find you didn't get it all because there's some still growing there. But keep it well watered. And as long as it you can do it in the fall now when it has a month of time in the spring, it's vigorously growing and excellent time to do it in the spring. But you can get by in the fall as well. Mary, this uh, listener says, can I start a new hydrangea plant from an existing limelight plant? If so, how and what time of year? Well, I think the easiest way to do this is what's called layering. And if possible, if you have a stem that's low enough to the ground, you bend that stem and bury part of the stem in the ground. Now, where the leaves are coming out of the stem is where roots will come out. So if you bury part of the stem, it will actually root on its own there in the ground. Um, I have a vanilla strawberry hydrangea that has layered itself around the shrub where it's growing. So sometimes plants will do this on their own. I've got a Meyer lilac that's done the same thing. But if, if, if there's a branch low enough, bend it down, cover it with soil, uh, maybe put a pin or something in there, something uh, to hold the branch down, a rock on it. And uh, in a year or two, you'll have another plant there. There's an interesting one, Mary. It says, we live uh, just north of Watertown, Minnesota. All of our pears have disappeared, neighbors as well. No cores or remainders. So what, what happened to all of our pears? It's a pear oh, thief. <laughs> a pear thief. I, I think this is probably wildlife. Uh, animals, uh, squirrels, chipmunks coming in and taking them off the tree. Because of the drier conditions, again, this is fruit that's resource for uh, wildlife. So, yeah, squirrels, I don't know. These squirrels, they get so used to us and the food we're providing for them that uh, I have squirrels on my Zestar apple tree, harvesting them. They're on the ground, and the squirrels are eating them from the ground. So I would expect wildlife uh, is what happened. What Probably so, yeah, you would think. 
This uh, listener wants to know what's happening with my magnolia shrub, a black substance in the leaves oh. that rubs off on my hands. Yes, this is the dreaded magnolia scale. This is a big problem insect. And um, I know people who have removed their magnolia shrubs and given up trying to control the scale. So we have good information sheet on this online. And you really need to read about the treatment. There are a couple times of year you can treat it. One is now in the fall. Um, the, that insect is all along the stem, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's just a really hard insect to control. So there's treatment in the fall of the year, there's treatment in the spring, there's oil sprays, um, as well as systemic insecticides that you put on the soil and the plants take up. So it's quite an endeavor to control the magnolia scale. So uh, read, read up about it and then um, make a decision whether or not you want to tackle that or if, you, if it's really bad, you might consider uh, planting something else. As much as I love magnolias, that's um, something you have to consider. It's quite a job to take care of the scale. Here's a question, Mary, I think a lot of us have. It says, I have some large patches of dead grass due to the drought. Is it best? to till it up now and plant seed or wait until later this fall or wait until spring? And what about laying down sod instead? Well, fall is our time for planting seed and doing sodding, lawn renovation and everything. And our typical dates, we have started them now from August 15th to September 15th is typically the best time to do this. The one thing you have going for you is you don't have as many weed uh, seeds germinating or weeds growing, but you will have to really put the water on uh, because we have had so little rain and there's so little rain in the forecast. So if I were you, I would wait till closer to September 1st and see if we don't get into a better rainfall pattern then. The other good thing is that although we have low rain, we are predicted to have above normal temperatures this fall. So maybe we will have a longer growing season going into the fall. So any seed you plant now will have a longer time to get established. So there might be good news after all, after this uh, drought. Uh, a little bit. It's yes. just a little bit, yeah. For the past two years, this listener said, Mary, I've uh, been trying to grow morning glories in a large planter where they get lots of sun. They're healthy, green, no flowers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so more, I've got the same thing. I've got this giant twirly vine, as one of my grandkids calls the morning glory. It's amazing how big and fast it grows. It's a short day plant. Most morning glories are short days, so we have to wait till the days are consistently short. They're getting shorter now, but they really start getting shorter after mid-September. So you will see the flowers come on that, but that is one disadvantage with most of the morning glories grown from seed. They only flower with short days. All right, there is a Japanese beetle question I see here. Is milky spore effective for treating those beetles? 
for years, we thought the answer to that was yes, but now there's some debate as to whether or not that's an effective treatment. Uh, you can try it, but you still may have Japanese beetles um, it, because they fly in from somewhere else and it's, they are hard to control. Um, we have, again, great information about the Japanese beetles on the extension.umn.edu website. The easiest, the best thing is to try to control them early. The first ones you see, try to keep them from attracting others early in the morning, hand pick or hand clean them off. Um, Japanese beetles are a nuisance and normally they're not fatal to any plant they get on, but they are, they are definitely a problem and um, there certainly can be a lot of them. Now, this time of year, they're starting to decline because you get into August, the adults have, have mated, they're laying their eggs in the ground, in the soil, and they're dying. So we're going to see less adults every day now as we go into fall. Okay. I have a couple of minutes to go on the show, Mary. Here's one. It says, does the advice for waiting until fall for pruning apply to mature trees as well? Our large Norway maple needs trimming away from the house, and we're wondering if we should wait as well. Norway maple. Um Yes, the advice now really is to wait because trees are under uh, a great deal of stress. And um, Norway maple is a tough tree. Um, so, yeah, I would guess, you know, hopefully we will get more rain and trees will be less stressed. The other thing is, is the Norway maple, obviously deciduous, it's going to drop its leaves in another month or two. But the longer you keep the leaves on, the more food resources it has the potential to make. So if it isn't a hazardous uh, branch or anything, I, I would wait um, a few more weeks. Okay. Can an air root from an orchid grow roots and thus a new plant? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um so yeah, the aerial roots that are on orchids, orchids are really kind of, they're epiphytes. So they tend to be air plants where they are native. Growing another plant from them, theoretically that is right. I don't know anybody that's done that on a home basis. You know, a commercial grower could divide an orchid and get them going. They use tissue culture. They use some other more complicated ways. So I don't know. That's the kind of thing. Maybe you can find a YouTube video on that. Hey, there it you go. It's really amazing what you can find it's amazing, on YouTube videos. Yes. Yeah, some good, some not so good. Great videos, but... yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, oh, Mary, we—that would be tricky. It would be, yeah, but it, it might be worth a try. But and then let us know if you're successful. Well, Mary, we have to run. Thank you so much. And I want to urge folks uh, to get on the university website. That's umn.edu. Uh, it's extension. Umn.edu. Uh, what, what was that again? Yes. Extension.umn.edu. <laughs> Always a pleasure. And my pleasure as well. Thank you, Mary, and uh, we'll talk soon. Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Yeah, and get to the Arboretum. Also, get those deck questions ready because uh, coming up next hour, Luke Panic 
the deck expert from uh, Linda's Construction will be filling in for Andy. So uh, keep that in mind and call, uh, text in uh, those questions next hour. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO, where it's 66 degrees. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 